Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Right, everybody. Hello and welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us here on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you might be watching us live. If you are listening to us post-live show, be sure to follow us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you're getting your podcast from. Uh, I am Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul and Pat and Dave. Um, Tequila Talia was going to be here today, but uh, she has a really bad head and chest cold and um, the last thing you want to do when you can't breathe is try and enjoy a cigar Mm -hmm. you know so uh thoughts and prayers go out to talia but talia still delivers she's kind of like the mailman that way mail lady (laughs) and uh left us our bottle of uh cognac for tonight and uh, it is Martel Blue Swift cognac that we are drinking with the cigar and the uh, pipe tobacco tonight, GLP's jackknife plug. And that brings up the title of the show, Will It Cognac? And cognac is one of those things we've never, in, in the two and a half years we've done, we've done over 100, well over 100 episodes. We have never attempted a pairing with cognac. This is the first time. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was cognac seems to be kind of overlooked. Why Why do we think that is? And, you know, of course, I want to know, does this go with this cigar or not? Why or why not? Um, and so, Paul, you know, you're, you're our resident liquor man when the mm. ladies are not present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lick it, Paul. So, you know, what... What is it you think that that cognac just kind of when you think cigar pairing, you think bourbon, mm-hmm. you think scotch, um, you may think beer, you may think wine, coffee, you and you, coffee is a great pairing. I yep. think a lot of people like coffee with with their cigar, yep. but I don't know that cognac of any kind would ever show up in somebody's top ten list. I agree with you. And it, it, when I first started smoking cigars, I actually started pairing it with cognac back in the 90s. What? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, was, I was a big cognac drinker back in the 90s, but I stopped about 20 years ago. And that's when I got more into scotch, bourbon, and beer. So it, bourbon. It, it, yeah. Well, one scotch. One beer. One beer. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But no, I, I was. Big into like Remy Martin, Hennessy, mm-hmm. you know the the VSOP, which stands for a very right. superior opal. Is aren't they rummy like ish? Rem, rem, rummy, rum ish, rum ish. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, you could say that it has there's there's some maybe some characteristics of that. Correct. Yeah, it's it's basically a uh, cognac is a variety of brandy. And then, brandy, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, brandy, and brandy, yeah. brandy basically comes from distilled wine or distilling wine. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and this um, is from so there is white, a there is a lineage wine. there. Correct. Yeah. Right. So there there's a there's some subtle uh, similarities to it, but uh, in essence, the reason why I think cognac doesn't gets overlooked is because it's <laughs> in my eyes, it's not American in a sense, mm. and it, really, it isn't American. It's it's made in France in, a, yeah. in certain regions of France. Um, and just like certain cigars in our humidor get overlooked that are really, really good, I think most people today, there's a big marketing push for scotch, for bourbon, specifically right. bourbon in, in our world, mm -hmm. beer. Um, and we tend to focus on those three uh, liquors. Um, but I'll tell you, you right now. I think it's because of George Thorogood. Because <laughs> he ruined it for everybody. <laughs> That's fine with me. And when i you know first took a sip of this cognac it it, it blew my mind cuz i mm. was so used to what cognac tasted like from the years i drank it that this kind of threw me off mm. i mean what's th the difference to you so this one is it has a lot of fruity oaky and, and in terms of fruit i'm getting a lot of banana and apricot mm -hmm. um mm. usually with cognac you get some vanilla notes you might get uh you know some like you say a little bit more of like a, a sweet almost a like a light brandyish uh maybe some uh some ginger and and things like that but this particular cognac it's a vsop which again stands for a very superior old pale it has to be aged at minimum of four years in casks in order to qualify for that that type of grade um but it, this particular one is finished in bourbon barrels Mm. So, so again, we can, we still back. can't get away with the bourbon. France still needs the Americans yeah. to create this VSOP. Uh, but this, <laughs> but this particular one, I get a lot of banana, uh, apricot, banana. The, the, uh, the oakiness, and some ginger, and a little bit of vanilla too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really flavorful it's cognac. It's a very flavorful cognac. Yeah, it's I guess very, this is not nice. something I've ever had before. Now, yeah, this is our, our first time having this. And, uh, again, Talia, thank you for dropping that off. Mm. We're very, very thank appreciative. You. And um, uh, what we're smoking with it right now is the Aladino Corojo Reserva Box Press Figurado, which is really a box press torpedo, as uh, Dave and Confused uh, so <laughs> aptly pointed out that before the show started and uh like everything else in the aladino corojo reserva line it's all honduran corojo mm. it's all under the mm. wrapper binder filler all top uh priming honduran corojo and it is a six and a quarter by 54 um this is the latest release it came out um right around uh father's day um and then i think went into wider release after the PCA. Mm -hmm. uh, so these have just been hitting the shelves over the last couple of months and um, or, or weeks, depending on how your UPS shipper <laughs> is handling things right now. Mm. But uh, every single one, there's this is the fourth release in that line. Every single one in the Corojo Reserva line has been great in its own right. Yep. What do you think of this? Well, the thing that I love about the Reserva, I'm, my, um, is the, the, it's like this cedar kind of mixed with a, a mild white pepper, 
mm-hmm. and it's got this amazing retro hail mm. um and it's just so smooth uh the reserva is my favorite the actual my i guess my favorite is like the number four yeah the this, Corona. Is, this is definitely the close second excellent patuente i know it isn't fuente but uh what do you think yeah basically what if Dave you said, say baker spice paul's gonna beat you it's not baker it's baking either way spice. <laughs> either way yeah the number four is my favorite size though i've had this a few times it's not a bad cigar but the the number four no the number Please. four it's not a bad cigar no i'm not done yet it's not a bad cigar. Ahead, i'm not saying just because i don't like the size i mean it's not good it's, I, I, the number four is the best one for me I though like, like corona smaller sizes in but my mouth i'm not i'm just not a big torpedo guy i don't know i just i, I don't know i'm just not a big torpedo guy but yeah, it's really, I want to say it's kind of like a silky, smooth textured cigar. It has like that cedar note to it, some white pepper, some earthy notes, and it's like really creamy. And then like through the finish, it has like a little bit of spice that lingers, mm-hmm. but it's very smooth. And the drink, Brings I'm not a big cognac guy. You're not a big anything, are you? I mean, in terms of drinks. Rum. You drink rum? Yep. All right. Make, make, make note of that. Yep. Make note of that. Sacapa XO is like my go-to. All right. So uh, make sure but, we get that on the show. No, the drinks on the draw for the palate, it's it's um, I don't think it's complimenting, but it's adding more like sweetness to it. But then the finish, I'm getting kind of like this bitter aftertaste from it. I don't know why, but that's so if I want to picking up mm. on. Paul. Well, the cigar, um, I got a lot of uh, sweet, creamy cedar, uh, nutty flavor as well. Nutty. I got a lot of earth, a little bit of hay. I do agree with Dave. That nice white pepper retrohale is really good. It's not overpowering. It's just a nice, no. subtle one there. Mm-hmm. Got a little soft. bit of sweetness, too. Very, yeah, very soft. Um, with the drink, I do agree with Pat. There is a sweetness there, but it's like a sweet cedar, and it lingers for me. Mm. It's, uh, I'm not getting any bad aftertaste at all. I think it's just a really, really smooth, sweet cedar uh, flavor I'm getting with the drink. And I'm going to say, because I pick up the cedar notes already on the cigar without the pairing, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is actually a very complimentary drink because it is helping to kind of isolate the cedar notes. It does amp up the sweetness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the earthy notes are still there. But that cedar note, which is really one of the reasons why I, I tend to go for the Aladino Corolla Reserve, is for that nice cedar smoke. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's complimentary. Mm. Um, well, well, just to be, Pat, you said it was a bitter taste. You didn't say it was bad, right? Yeah, it's it's not bad. No, it just has like this bitter. Yeah. I guess because I, 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 I get you know my finish too is also bitter, but I wouldn't call it bad. I just yeah, it's, it's kind of like. A wine aftertaste, like kind dry. of grapey, citrus. Yeah, type. dry. So you're saying wine is bitter? No, I mean. Well, when it's dry, I think dry is yeah. bitter. Oh, okay. It's not like a bad thing. It's just he's young, Paul. There's still time. Drink more. Maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> drink more. <laughs> Here, Pat. Drink more. <laughs> okay. We, should, we we should all brush our cigars. Yeah. <laughs> no. no no well let me ask you something you drink coffee right mm-hmm. do you drink it black yep 
do you get black? You got you must get some bitter notes yeah. from drinking coffee. Do, is that desirable for you, or do you just kind of like blah, 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 you know pass it off as one of the side effects of drinking black coffee? That's good. That's why I usually have like a Connecticut or a creamy cigar in the morning because that's my cream balance it out. Coffee. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Learn something new every day with Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought that the Corojo they use has this finish that's almost like a creamy almond butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that the, the cognac is amplifying that. And that cedary, almond buttery kind of flavor that is left from the cigar tends to get amplified a little bit and seems to linger a little bit more. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I get that, but I feel like I get that when I'm smoking more than i'm drinking like if i'm if i take a um a haul off the cigar and then i keep drinking like sip after sip after sip i get more of the bitter taste that he's talking about but if i focus more on the cigar then i get what you're talking about see i'm not getting any bitter notes at all neither am i and again that every every palate's different yeah um but yeah i'm not getting any of the bitter notes that that you you would Dave and Pat are talking about at all. Um, I'm just still getting that nice sweet cedar flavor, um, and again the earth as well. Uh, I'm not getting any almond, however, either that almond butter that flavor. Almond butter kind of no, flavor. No, no. Mm, I'm sorry. So I'm stuck in the middle, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you just said, every palate's different. <laughs> right. And that's one of the reasons it's great to have a bunch of people talk about a cigar mm-hmm. instead of just listening to one person. Um, and uh, another thing is that somebody might say something that all of a sudden you go yes that's what i've been trying to think of i haven't been able to figure out words to put that taste or flavor or aroma into into words mm. um, mm-hmm. so stuff like this is good um, yes that's yeah. how i felt about when you mentioned almond butter i was like there we go mm-hmm. nail on the head ding so you're, you're getting it too yeah okay yep yeah it's very very nice now the robusto and the number four are spicier. Mm, yes. And the flavor profile is more full body. This is more of a medium body. Right. Uh, and it's very smooth. And mm. it, it's interesting, too, how the same tobacco and, frankly, same blend is different, all depending on the Vitola of the cigar. You know, the number four, which is the thinnest ring gauge, is very, very powerful. The Robusto, uh, you know, does the same thing. Then there's the Toro. The Toro um, uses some primings that are a little bit lower, um, and so it's not as intense. Yeah. Um, And then this is somewhere between the Toro and the Robusto to me, as far as the strength of the body goes. Okay. So with the cognac here, um, one thing I just kind of was playing with too is is how it coats your palate, mm. and it, it's it's coat it coats the palate and it it lingers for a while. Right. So it doesn't matter if I'm drinking it now or uh, you know, even thirty seconds later, I still get that those flavors from the cognac. So when I do draw on the cigar, I'm still getting that sweet cedar flavor. Um, I'm going to give it a few minutes before I, I take my next drink and see if I notice anything mm. different. But it is a, it is a, the, the finish is long. 
mm. with this one. Yeah, I think that's where I'm kind of coming from the bitter note. So if I take a sip and I wait a little bit, yeah. you know, it kind of coats your palate, like you're saying, and that it's enhancing that sweetness for me. Mm-hmm. And then I actually think I'm getting like a little bit more of that white pepper on the finish. Mm. And then like it's just like the initial sip kind of like, I'm not going to say it taints my palate, but it overpowers the cigar a lot. But then, you know, a couple minutes after the sip, it's actually complimenting it really well. All right, I'm going to give it a couple of minutes and see. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're giving Paul his couple of minutes, <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. Pat has okay. a brief. Oh, that's brief. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to take a look at Pat's briefs. Gavel, gavel. <laughs> Be careful of the opus. I know. <laughs> hey, I don't need to. <laughs> hey, that was a Respect smile. the Fuente. You, you can smile. <laughs> so uh, this is actually a last-minute decision to do this kind of a brief because I was on half when I saw an article because like, just this past week they passed that you can have free food in lounges now. So that kind of made me like, reminisce in the old days when, I mean, granted, I was too young to smoke, but, you Popcorn. know. Just having food in the environment when you're smoking a cigar. Like, I remember going to the Applebee's and there was like a, you know, the smoke room and everything. So mm-hmm. I just figured maybe talking about the FDA in previous history would be kind of, you know, sufficient for that kind of a milestone. I'm, having I'm sorry, you remember back. going to Applebee's and seeing what? The, yeah, but the, you know, popcorn, like you had like the, the bar used to be glassed in. You could smoke in at the bar. Like, there was oh, yeah. like designated seating for smoking. Okay. Like 99, like all those yeah, restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So. This is off of Half Wheel. Mm -hmm. So the Obama administration had Dr. Califf as the head of the FDA. Okay. So Biden released recently that he's planning on potentially appointing. So the Washington Post is who published that article. And I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, kind of the transition from towards the, the latter of the Biden administration, because that's when they really started pounding cigars mm-hmm. and they compare it to maybe how the transition during the Trump administration was with the FDA because of the past four years that we've had of cigars and then kind of maybe some modern trends we're going through. I mean, they just, the uh, FDA agency just released like their first approval for e-cigarettes and then you have the free food in lounges. So you could argue that we're potentially getting stuff passed that we wouldn't have thought we would last year. So I just kind of want everyone's opinion on how they feel those transitions were, and maybe if he were to be elected back at the chair of the FDA, how we might see the next four years going. Well, we got um, in New Hampshire uh, several months ago, uh, uh, the cigar bar law was tweaked. Um, it's a very unique license. Uh, in, in New Hampshire, for instance, if you, if you have a microbrewery and you want to serve your beer you have to also serve food it's required if you are a bar at a cigar and you are selling cigars you are not allowed to sell food or have food there and this uh spring the law was tweaked so that you could allow food still can't sell it but you can you can provide food for patrons as long as they're not paying for it um which yeah thanks (laughs) you know but um makes sense you know and 
I, I think the rationale for it was with with the smoke and the ashes around. I mean, there's a cleanliness thing. You know, as you're preparing food, you you don't want it to get dirty or have somebody's ashes fall in it or something. I I can appreciate that logic to a certain extent. You know, but you know, so here in New Hampshire, we've had that chain that went into effect uh, June or July. I think I can't remember exactly when. And you're saying now that this has been done on a national level? That's what I read. Okay. So um, that's interesting. So, it, it, you know, I, I'd like to know whether New Hampshire kind of saw that coming and therefore that was one of the reasons that they did this. Um, I know Kurt was behind it too, I, you know, in the um, Cigar Association of New Hampshire. Um you know, as a whole, was pushing for that. Um, what are your thoughts, Paul? Well, so can can we as an establishment, this is my question, because, again, I think it's kind of a little blurry here. Can we offer a cigar dinner at the, at the, at either, either location, uh, knowing that, we are going to have cigars and food there, and let's say it's, I don't know, hundred dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. And can we legally do that in Twins, knowing it's a public spot? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's how it was supposed to be. After I talked with Kurt, is that it, the, his main thing was now we can have cigar dinners. Okay. So yeah. so realistically, the, the we could say the food is free. The right. cigars and drinks you're paying for, right? That's that's that yeah. that's the workaround. Basically, yeah. basically okay. the, we do, we still can't have a kitchen. Correct. Right. But if we want to bring in food for an occasion, knowing that they're paying for the cigars and drink, right? Only or for the privilege of being, <laughs> you know, in a certain place with certain privileges. Yeah. Okay. You know that's, you know yes. that that's that's now allowed. Okay. Yeah, and that's that was my thought too. Because there obviously there's a workaround everything right right so right. yeah okay um yeah no I mean I, I uh, it's only a matter of time because you see other places like you say the breweries they have to serve mm-hmm. food but you can't smoke there right <laughs> we can now serve f- free food i.e chips and whatever have you unless yep. Kurt feels generous yeah, popcorn and gives peanuts, out pizza yeah. at, you know yeah. and burgers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I you know, I, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. Okay, this is me personally. I think it's a step in the right direction. All right, and that's what's important about it is that it's another, it's a chip off the block in our favor, and we need to keep chipping at it. So, what do you, what are you hoping for? A kitchen? Yeah. To serve food? Yeah. You want a kitchen? Well, why at, couldn't you want a kitchen I, I, here I, at Twins, Dave? I'm not saying I want a kitchen of twins, but I'm saying I want people to be able to create the ability to do such a thing. You if, know they want, I mean? if they want, if they want to, to. yes. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I absolutely agree that. That's what I'm. That's I, what I'm I am. Like. I am all about. Doing... I'm not saying that's what twins needs. Absolutely no, not. I, I, right. I, but, Personal uh, feelings aside, you know, yeah. because of where we work, I absolutely agree that if if Kurt wants to put a kitchen in and eventually turn it into twins. Smoke shop, lounge, and, and kitchen. He should. Stand. He yes. should be able to do that. Yes, I am absolutely one hundred percent behind that. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm all about freedom of choice. Right. Yes. 
as far as cleaning up after customers with it, that. No, I, no. I'd be I'm happy with <laughs> peanut shells. No. I'd be happy with beer nuts. You know, I mean, no, no, no fecal dish around here. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. It's not like well, it's not like they need to be shelled. They can be de-shelled. I mean, there's no yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's hands in the nuts. Yeah, right. Exactly. Fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that's. that's so, I'm okay with that. Yep. So in 2015 is when. So it was the last year of Obama's second term is when Califf was elected at the head of the FDA, and that's where the first serious cigar regulations came into play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know personally, because I, I wasn't smoking cigars before then, uh, you know, I'll go on. Not. We know you can't say that. <laughs> well, I'll go on, you know, <laughs> looking up cigar reviews, and it'll give, like, the MSLP for whatever that year was for how much a cigar was, and it's mm-hmm. a noticeable difference than what, you know, you'd walk in any retailer today and see what it's selling for. So I'm just kind of curious from you, since you guys have been smoking before and after that point, your perspectives and how things may have changed and, you know, the prices going up, kind of like the, like the demeanor behind that. Well, all sorts of taxes went into play in 2016 mm-hmm. and that raised the price of cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the huge things that happened when the FDA was given uh, oversight of the cigar industry was that... Um, it became illegal to hand out a cigar at no cost to somebody. And um, the intent was, I, you know, according to, to people, they, they don't want kids to be able to get cigars for free. And they don't want the ability for people to get people hooked on cigars who might otherwise not ever try cigars you know and let's put the the childish dumb logic of that whole idea behind us it had a lot of other unseen effects for instance um you know one of the things that became illegal in that in that in doing that was that it then became illegal for reps from cigar companies to give samples of cigars to people and owners of who worked at cigar shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that happened is that uh, there are a number of uh, um, charities out there. Let's take Cigar for Warriors, for instance. Um, cigars are the number one non-essential thing that is asked for by people in the military and it then became illegal for cigar shops to donate cigars to those causes you can do it as a private individual but you can no longer do it as as a business and i remember when you know if you donated so many cigars a shop would match that or a shop would you know add so much to you know a box of cigars that was collected and donated to be given that can't be done anymore and to me that's 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 a really that's sad is Mm -hmm. is the easiest way for me to say that um another thing i know that uh you know at certain shops that i worked at before 2016 if we were working and on the floor uh, and we wanted to smoke a cigar, we could get a cigar. 
and smoke it. I mean, the people that I was working for at the time, it was not twins, but the people I was working for, they wanted us to smoke cigars. They wanted you to smoke because that, that helped people would say, hey, what are you smoking? And that it's a selling thing for you to be smoking a cigar. Um, all that changed. It was that was no longer able to happen. And then, you know, and the situation we're in now is if we want to have a cigar, it doesn't matter where you work now, you've got to pay for it. And um, that puts a real limit on what you're able to do, what you're able to sample, what you're able to to uh, try out during the day. For some people, it may dictate, you know, what they smoke or how much they smoke during the day. Because if, I tell you, if, if, I, if I tried every cigar that came into Twins that was new, I, my kids would be going hungry mm-hmm. at home. Yep. So, you know, I have to pick and choose what I want to do. Now, things have relaxed a little bit with uh, the whole uh, thing. You know, I think reps can now hand out cigars to people who work at the shop, but they are not allowed to hand out cigars to customers at the shop. Correct. That used to be able to happen. And, um, you know, if, if you're an adult and you are legally in a cigar shop and you're sitting with a rep and you say, hey, what do you do? And he says, well, here's what I do. I sell these. Would you try it? That's not offering, that's not doing something, you know, uh, underhanded or immoral or anything like that. That's that's business. Correct. You know, and um, all that has changed with all these regulations. And um, I think there have been a lot of unforeseen consequences to that. Uh, and I would say the worst is stuff like Cigars for Warriors, where um, we uh, twins are no longer able to, as a company, support that. I can support them as an individual, but I can't do it on behalf of Twin Smoke Shop. Kurt can't do it on behalf of Twin Smoke Shop, which I think is very, very sad. Yep. I mm-hmm. do too. Yep. So that's my take on that. Does it, yeah, that's, that's just foolishness. Anybody else have anything to add to that? But it's okay to give uh, junk food and soft drinks, you know, mm-hmm. free, no problem. There's no, there's no harm in that. Yeah, here have a have a. There's a Big Mac and a. There's a coupon book from McDonald's. And a, and a, and a, and a, a 20, a 64 ounce <laughs> Coca-Cola. You know, mm-hmm. have at it. Yep. It's crazy. I, yeah. That's my part. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, Pat? So, well, I'm going to ask what you guys think the, well, personally, with what you guys are saying, you know, it sucks. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I think one of the big things with the cigar industry is, and as we said on that lounge episode, we had, you know, the giving of cigars, you know. So for a rep, you know, it's all business, but it's also, I guess, relating to the clientele because it is like an experience. You're selling an experience. So being able to sit down with somebody and having that conversation and then giving them something, I think, speaks a lot. And and that might be something that gets somebody on that brand to try it because you had that personal connection of someone that's knowledgeable in the product. Right. So I think that's a huge detriment that you can't do that anymore. And at the end of the day, if you're in a smoke shop in which now you have to be 21 to be in one, I don't see an issue with a rep giving a cigar to a customer because they're legally present there, you know? Right. 
So to me, I mean, I'm happy that, you know, we can get them because, you know, we're selling their product. But again, I just don't understand why in the premise they can't do that. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's the whole liberal side of the things where they're like, you know, well, they're they're you have a twenty one to enter, but you know, are they really, you know? And that's the question they always ask is, you know, like, are they really? Is it really a hundred percent? And it's really not a hundred percent in everything, because life. But at this, you know, and at the same time, what brand doesn't offer uh, free samples? You get you get free months of Netflix. You get when you join up for the first time because they want you to try it. You get you can get free samples of toothpaste of anything else. You know what I mean? Like this is common business practice. It's not something weird. It's not something that we're doing that hasn't been done before. It's common business. They're just they're really just you know have a tobacco stick up their butt. Well, and that leads to you know a point that I would make here. There is a misconception about cigar smoking and i'd include pipe smoking in this too that um in doing so you are creating and feeding and furthering an addiction and um that is not what any of us at least on this panel think or feel i don't want to be helping anybody with an addiction but I can go for days, weeks, months without having a cigar or a pipe. I enjoy it. I would miss it, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And with an addiction, you need it. You mm-hmm. can't walk away from it. Right. When you are smoking, uh, the reason you smoke cigarettes is to get nicotine because your body needs I, I would say, if anything, I have an addiction to, to caffeine because of the coffee that I drink in such copious amounts, mm-hmm. uh, yep. but there's no strictures or, or, or anything on that, um, which have heart related issues and, and all, and it's a, it's a, uh, diuretic, diuretic and it's dehydrating yep. and yep. there's all sorts of health issues that I, that come from drinking an overabundance of coffee. But when you are helping somebody with a cigar, the way I really look at it is like Pat said, you're giving them an experience. You're, I'm not selling a cigar. I'm selling time. I'm selling time that you want to fill up relaxing with these smells, with these tastes, with these aromas, mm-hmm. with this kind of, of atmosphere. And, you know, that's what I'm doing. I, I don't know. Uh, even Kurt would tell you he could go, uh, uh, you know, days and long time without a cigar Mm -hmm. um this is not luxury tobacco is not something you do because you have to it's something you do because you enjoy it and yep the people who are making these laws don't understand it or don't believe that they don't believe it's possible to be smoking and be doing it because you want to and like to but not because you have to. Would you guys agree or disagree with no, that? I, totally I, I agree. would agree absolutely. I also think there's a there's a strong uh, emphasis on control too, and, it, and, True. and it, these people are are just drunk with power, and you know, it, 
it, it's it. There's no thought process with this. You know, they don't they don't care. They they look at it as a segment of oh, we can here's how we can control this or how we can, you know, get that. And it, it, you know, doesn't matter how uh, you you show them the proof that there is no addiction here, and that they don't care. There's just they just they want control, and this is their way of getting it. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this in. in various phases you know before and uh i i i it doesn't matter how you well the, the 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 lawyer here could 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 argue tooth and nail you know and show them all the proof and they could care less yeah you know well, it doesn't the, matter. and then the take it take it take it for, to the other extreme i mean they're putting all of these taxes and things mm -hmm. on the cigars and they need to do that for they say we need it for health insurance or we need it for the children. You know, the, the S chip, every cigar, there's like 50 cents on it that goes to health care for kids who don't have insurance. You know, so you know, I remember when that first went into effect, I, I'd say, you know, I'm smoking this for the children. You know, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm sacrificing myself for the children, you know, but, you know, they, they do it to raise revenue. For whatever reason they ra they give to rationalize that, the whole point of taxing it is to raise revenue in a way that, uh, since you know the vast majority of people are not cigar smokers, it's a very small population, and a lot of people are like happy that cigar smoking is so limited. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that you're see you've seen the places where you're able to smoke go down, because you know the people are again to your point controlling where it happens and convincing people that it's all bad all the time, in every circumstance, but that um, you know when you, but then you turn around, and you make it hard for people to get the stuff. You make it harder for people to try the stuff. You make it, and so, in you you put all these taxes in on it, but then you make it much more difficult for people to to try it, mm -hmm. with taking away the the free cigars or the sampling or or whatever, and therefore you lose the revenue that you would get if you you would think if what if the if the goal was hey we need X billion dollars in taxes we're going to get it from cigars the cigar people are going to buy cigars whether you know they're five bucks or six bucks so let's make them all six bucks and you know but we're going to encourage you know you know we'll 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 let them we'll we'll help them get you know we'll relax stuff so that stuff can get into the country easier we'll help the business so that that so that we get to the level of tax that we want but they do exactly the opposite. They then mm -hmm. tell everybody that it's bad, that it's horrible, you're going to die, mm -hmm. you're going to have a third arm, you know, mm -hmm. and like, make, you know, cigar smoking, you know, makes Corona look like, you know, your grandmother. <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it, you, you see what I'm saying? And, and yeah. then the, ta but, and again, you know, bringing it around full circle, when you tax tobacco and i would argue if you tax liquor you know you 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 never end up getting what you want because pe people will 
get it somewhere else. I remember several years ago in Massachusetts, um, they taxed, they, they added a tax to liquor. Now, liquor is taxed in the state before it gets to the, to the store. That's included in the price already. So basically, it was a double tax. It was a tax you had to pay to get it into your store, and then there was a tax that you had to pass on to the consumer who was buying it, and then there was the sale tax on top of that. And Massachusetts went into open revolt, <laughs> and in, a, in less than a year, that was gone. You know, it never works. Right. It never works to do this stuff. And so I've never understood why they keep trying it. So I have one comment to make about it, and then I'll redirect our attention to, like, the future. So looking back now that we've had this conversation, I kind of laughed at myself because <laughs> it was probably about <laughs> it, it was probably about a year ago, I think, is when um, High Clare Castle had one of their reps there sampling the gin and then talking about the cigars. Mm-hmm. And I'll just look back on it where it's like, you know, he's allowed to give out the gin samples, but he couldn't give out the cigar samples. Yeah. And I, it's just kind of funny because, like, you talk about, you know, why can't you give out cigars in, like, a smoking-permitted area of 21 and up and everything? You know, they, they can give out liquor there. Like, if you have the argument of, oh, well, maybe not everyone's 21. Giving out liquor, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then from the rep perspective, you know, he is able to inform people about the gin and then have people sample it and then potentially get, you know, a customer. Sales, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, if you want to try the cigar, here it is, but you can go downstairs and buy one. You know, it's to me, that's not... What's the bigger drug here? Cigars or liquor? Oh, and that's the thing, too, is how many alcoholics are there versus how many, you know, well, cigar addicts are there? How many... If you smoke 18 cigars a day, your 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 mind is still not going to be impaired so that you can drive wherever you need to go. I don't know anyone who, when they smoke cigars, all of a sudden get belligerent and decide to beat their wife mm-hmm. or something. Right. But if you have, you know, five or six, you know, gin and tonics, you can barely walk anymore. Mm-hmm. Let alone yep. drive. Or maybe, and maybe you get randy, or maybe you get belligerent, maybe you get loud, all sorts of, and, and then, you know, all the stuff you're doing to your liver, or whatnot, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind. Yep. So the next thing I want to say is, so obviously the last year of the Obama administration is when... The abominable um, administration. Yep. Is when um, Caliph was in... With the FDA. So now we're going into, it'll probably be a little bit over a year of the Biden administration. So he's going to potentially have three to seven years mm-hmm. at that position. So we see what that one year did. Mm-hmm. So what do we predict or fear for the future if that does come to fruition? And how can we combat it? So you're saying with the last year of what 2016 when he was yep. in charge. The last year that's of when Obama's we started term th- is that's when, when yep. we started seeing all these restrictions and taxes and all that come out coming out, correct? Mm-hmm. So now he's going to be back if, in, he but, if he back, gets that seat back then if he gets he'd num- be there until he gets removed. If which... he gets put in that if he gets put in office, you can probably see the same thing again. Why wouldn't you? Yep. I don't think he has a change of heart. I think that's ultimately where they wanted to go. I think that if, if in fact he does 
take that that position you may see a reversal of what we've been we've we've had i guess uh given as a as a, a victory here and in, in, in small little victories that, that may be all reversed you know very shortly yeah mm-hmm. and then and then some i mean what happens if they if, if that 3.5 trillion dollar infrastructure bill gets put through then that hundred billion dollars nothing changes and that hundred billion dollar tobacco tax goes into effect because that's part of it and then you'll see prices rise again all right across the board there's not one tobacco product that will not be affected by that i don't even know how we're going to do the infrastructure he just can like you know four different pipelines i'm not saying it will be i'm just saying if it does well this is what uh, what i'm yeah. what He's trying to put an infrastructure bill in. He's trying to. But he killed the way to do it. Yes. So the way to get, you know, stations in there for electric cars and stuff like that is to make the ability of having crude oil or or, or other stuff available because that's our current power. You can't just flip a switch and then, you know, it comes from somewhere. Energy comes from somewhere, you know. When you're charging your electric car, fossil fuel is being burned to provide that electricity. Okay, that's that's what people need to know, and it it makes zero sense to like uh, can all these pipelines and stuff like that when you're trying to do better. That's what that's what Trump was trying to do. He was trying to build the groundwork to start the change. He had no problem with you know going electric or anything like that, and he was trying to promote it. And then just because it was Trump, they canned the ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just absolute lunacy. It's like a child argument. That's going on in politics right so now. So keep right. it on cigar-related. Um, I just noticed a comment that Rob put in the chat about Canada, and obviously my friend was visiting last week from Canada. So, you know, obviously, like, a lay beiju in Canada, according to my friend that lives there, is like almost 40 bucks, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, like $10 here. Yep. So, obviously, in Canada, the, uh, Rod's point is to prevent people from smoking cigars, mm-hmm. essentially. So... Right. Holy is that is the taxing that we're doing in the United States really to try and like kind of you know put that money in other places and utilize it, or is it disguised as a means to prevent people from smoking and to make it so it's like hard to do? I think it's I think it's it's exactly that. It's to try to prevent people from smoking. I I really don't think that the if they t- to Dan's point, you know, to the for the children. You know, you you know the, the 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 few cents you get per cigar that goes into this little fund that's supposed to help with healthcare. Which I don't it, think for a moment it goes go there. there. It nope. does not go there. That's what they're trying to sell people on. Yep. But it does not go there. No. Typical government bureaucracy. No. They try to sell you a bill. Try to tell you they're all about doing good and all this stuff. It's but it never children. gets to the people who need it ever. I'm sorry. That's my. That's my. The children were dead before we could get them the money, so we just kept it for ourselves. Yeah, it goes into the coffers, and God knows what they're doing God with bless it. Bless America. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I think the brief, interesting point we can mention to kind of conclude is, yes, Paul, your point on how people look at the Obama times as fortunate for cigars because mm-hmm. we had trade with Canada. I mean, not Canada, Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, they back. opened up the doors to Cuba. They allow, and, and again, it was to help ease relations, right? So during Obama administration, they 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 took away the 
embargo. Uh, the embargo. Thank you. And that, but but what happened during that time? Everyone used that time to go across, go overseas, and bring back Cuban cigars and the the, the rum and other liquors. Um, it, they also eased the ability to go to Cuba as long as you were there for specific reasons to either help out the people, i.e., stay at their home, stay at their uh, dine at their home restaurants. Uh, that helps the economy out, um, and or you were there for a mission, or you were there for political reasons, or you're there as a journalist. Either way, you could find different ways to go there. And then when Trump came into off came into office the last year, he abolished that whole thing. But because he said, if we're bringing our own money down there, no matter how we do it, we're funding. At the end of the day, it maybe you may think it's going to the people, but ultimately they're getting taxed so high in Cuba that goes to the government. It's actually going to the government and the military. That's why he 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 put an end to that. And you got a lot of backlash for it because he obviously did. people like Cuban because people cigars. were so used to oh I can go to Cuba oh I can go get Cuban cigars and then at the his last year it it ended. And he did get some backlash, but I think ultimately he said because ultimately it's going to go to the military, the government, and the military to keep the oppression going. Because if people don't realize, like Habanos, Cuba, which is who manufactures the Cuban cigars, that's a government entity, mm -hmm. right? So Correct. the revenue that they generate, Trump was saying, goes towards a dictatorship because Correct. it's funding their, yes. you know, suppression via military and etc. Yeah, if you um, know how the system works in Cuba, which I don't specifically i just know on a thirty thousand foot view how it how it how it's run down there at the end of the day everyone if you have a small business they take a big chunk out of it and goes back to the government that's how communism works. correct that's government so at the end of the day you're funding communism yep so now let's uh talk a little bit we have an exciting aladino event coming up oh yes we do this friday, this friday. You want to friday. Talk a little bit about that uh poly ball yes poly, poly. so this friday what's the date again october the 22nd the second from three well actually it's going to be three to closing because he's going to be there right till the end right so we're going to have special guest our friend Husto aurora yeah he has been on the show before and mm -hmm. edgar and edgar and edgar <laughs> takamaji um, we're going to be having a, 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 a an Aladino event with Husto and Edgar on Friday from three to closing. Um, so if you are in the area, please stop by the Londonderry store. Yep. Dan and I and a few other people, uh, Nick White. Yep. Will be there. The White new Nick. new Nick. The new we'll call him the new Nick. New Nick. New Nick. <laughs> new Nick. New Nick. <laughs> um, it's going to be a great day. I'm sure we'll have some. Not Unique. Not Unique. Unique. I'm sure we'll have some specials going on. Um, it'll be just great for you to come on out, and uh, I'm sure we'll be. And Husto's a great guy. Husto's a fantastic yeah, he guy. He's, he's, he, really, he really he is. He's a, he's a great guy, and uh, we'll have a good time there. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're yeah, going to be doing sure. afterwards? Sure. Yeah, we're. Um, yeah, what are we doing afterwards? Uh, we're going to be hmm. doing a special uh, recording cool. of Not Just Blowing Smoke. Uh, with Husto Aroa uh, after after the uh, event, and um, we're going to be filming that at uh, nine o'clock, nine thirty, yeah. probably nine thirty. So it's a little bit late, so we're not going to do it live, but that'll be available on uh, our YouTube and and uh, uh, notjustblowingsmoke.com website, 
uh, and you're going to want to be looking for that. It's going to be yep. a real kind of candid conversation with Ustoroa mm -hmm. in a round table kind of way. It's not going to be like this where we're all sitting in a kind of a panel. We're all going to be right around a table up at the 724 lounge. Yeah, it's going to be spectacular. Uh, and uh, now I will say, you know, they're, they're, the Red Sox might be playing game six of a final. Uh, if If that happens, we'll probably be uh, downstairs in the in the retail area, uh, because it will be a packed house. house. Yeah, it'll be a madhouse. But um, either way, it's going to be a nice roundtable discussion with Husto, uh, very low key, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be very excited to share that with you when it's all edited and ready to go. That's right. Yep. Um, how about a little uh, cigar confession? Sure. We'll do that before yeah, we do a break. Can... Okay, sure. And this was kind of brought up a little bit uh, before the show, I think. And what I want to talk about is uh, one of the things that we talked about in the uh, 10 Lounge Commandments, uh, cigar generosity. Cigar people are really generous. And it is a very common thing for uh, a customer to say, hey, here, have have the cigar. Try the cigar. Um you know, all, all of us like to do it, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, get some cigars, we'll, we'll pass them out uh, to each other. Um, we can do that as retail people <laughs> who purchased our own personal stuff. Um, and thank goodness we can do that. But, um, and what I want to get at is, um, you know, one of the things we talked about is when, you know, when somebody gives you a cigar, there's almost this this innate guilt that comes up. I'll call it guilt. Maybe guilt is the right word. Where you then hmm. feel indebted to that person. And there is an expectation where you are supposed to then give them a cigar back. Hmm. Either right then or the next time you see them. And um for the there is a real difference is between you know you've you've all heard that that phrase you give to get you know yep. and if you want to if you want to get you have to give first well that's true there is there is, you do need to be you need to be giving to do that but if you are giving and expecting something to come right back to you and a specific something to come back to you i would argue that you are not really giving your trading and so you know when somebody like we have like our friend and co-worker scott keller for instance um, he is very fond of handing out very nice um cigars to people and um we've we've all been recipients of that mm -hmm. um yep. uh, you know numerous times Very um, true. sometimes he's given me cigars where you know it equals my week of pay <laughs> here at twins and um you know that's saying something and um but he isn't looking for me to give something back his joy is in seeing the joy I have in getting and enjoying these things, either by myself or with him as he's enjoying other things. So, you know, what's the, how do you tell the difference, you know, between, you know, 
giving somebody a cigar and being grateful for the gift or when you're just trying to give something in the hopes that you're going to get something just as nice or better in return? That's a good question, Dan. I can probably start because I'm currently in the middle of a pissing contest of Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I mean. It's like you try to try. You, you don't want Scott has no intention of trying to be outdone. And frankly, you won't be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, it, it started off with I came in with a cigar or I think actually Scott might have beaten me too. I think he gave me something first. But I was intending on giving him one of the cigars I've been aging because I know it's something that he enjoys. Yeah. And being someone that's into the same cigars as me, I want to share that experience with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So then I gave him one. So then now he gives me – now I am going to keep going until I either die or he doesn't give me one back the next week. And then you're going to stop? And then I'm going to keep going. I'm okay. just going to like that's, insult that's, him with That's the difference, I think, between like, – like, for instance, when Kurt was on, we did the Kurt's Vault thing, the Kurt's Vault show, and he brings out this box of 15-year-old aged Ashton VSGs, which were the best VSGs I've ever had in my life. Yep. And I've had some good ones. Yep. And yeah, I swore out the next were, day for that. They were amazing. You know, I know Kurt was not thinking, now these guys better give me, you know, some good stuff back. That's that's not why he did it, you know. And I, I don't think he did it just because we strong-armed him into being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he, he enjoys doing that. And I think yeah. I think cigar people, especially people who get into the collecting and, and have, you know, uh, uh, a sizable collection of stuff or even rare stuff they like to share it that's that's the enjoyment the enjoyment is the joy you you get through giving and i think that's what you get when you give you get that joy of giving which then in turn gives you a greater capacity to give mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you get and i mean like when i give something to somebody i mean most people know that i'm like the annoying fly where like the next day i see him i'm like how was it how was you know it? what i mean you better have smoked it by now, <laughs> yeah. you know and in a lot of the time when i give somebody something i usually tell them like oh the only thing you owe me is to have it with an me. explanation you know what i mean yeah <laughs> or, and, and if you can't have it with me then make sure you let me know if you enjoyed it or not like, yeah to me that's what i look for because i want to see if that like wow factor I had and whatever I thought that cigar was, was, you know, someone else had that same experience. And like, that's the enjoyment I get out of it. Because, you know, know, again, getting back to what we were talking about in the, in the uh, earlier part of the show, you know, uh, when a cigar really is, you know, taking time for yourself to relax. And so when you give somebody a nice cigar, you're giving them the opportunity to sit down and relax with something very enjoyable to them. And that's what you're giving more than anything else, you know, and as they sit and as they, as they relax, as they de-stress, as they, you know, we all know aromatherapy is a real thing, you know, smells and tastes affect your mood. They affect your emotions. They affect your mindset. And, you know, the, the reason that, that I enjoy, uh, a good cigar or a good pipe 
it, it, it is really that. It helps me to relax. It helps me to de-stress. It helps me to get that thankful, grateful attitude where I can then smile and deal with life's daily crap. <laughs> I think that point could be made even further to like, you know, like what makes a good cigar rep to me is, you know, obviously the the sample that's given is or like you know the event cigar whatever it is is given for like a business transaction so you're expecting that you're promoting the product right and you know they're going to become a customer but i think you mean you notice it in retail like the really good reps you know obviously when you're a rep there's a lot of passion behind it you spend a lot of time learning about the product becoming an expert you know the, the really good reps are the ones that give you something because they have the confidence in that product and they think you're going to enjoy it yeah opposed to just expecting to you know up sales or do you know something to benefit them yeah yeah instead of here's the latest thing i'm peddling here's you're going to enjoy this yeah you know, um i think the best reps and and uh, uh cigar owners do that yep um Final verdict here on the Aladino Corojo Reserva box press Figurado. We seem to have this thing with long cigar names lately. Yes. Um, what do you guys What do you guys think? Well, I think this has been a very enjoyable pairing. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, not much has changed. Um, I've given it some time between the drinking the cognac and letting it settle on my palate a little bit and smoking the cigar, um, but. All in all, I'm still getting a lot of that nice, sweet, creamy cedar notes mm -hmm. co still coming out. Um, the earth, um, the the cognac. I think I'm still going to say it. Uh, I think it was a very good complimentary pairing. Brought a lot more of that sweet cedar flavors that I love from the cigar. Yeah. Yeah. It really just kind of amped it up a bit. Uh, wonderful retrohale. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was a a win-win tonight. Pat. Yeah, the Aladino, like this one, like on the back half is is like my favorite part of it because it gives me kind of more of that body that the number four gives me. Mm. And I, I just wish, you know, you, you could start on the first half, you know. But I think for somebody that's not really a full-bodied smoker, you know, this Vitola is definitely going to be what I would suggest to somebody because it kind of eases you into the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. And then the latter half is going to be what kind of like intensifies it and kind of really like sets mm -hmm. the tone for the blend. So, and then the pairing, you know, I concur with Paul, you know, if you, I'm taking very small sips of it just to coat my palate and it's definitely enhancing the sweetness factor on the palate. And then I, I it is really adding a spice on the finish. It could just be that it's intensifying that cedar note that's getting mm -hmm. a little bit spicy, but there is like a pepper on the finish that's being enhanced with the drink. Dave, um, it was good. <laughs> I actually stopped smoking mine because my draw was just absolutely horrendous on mine. I couldn't really, couldn't really get much from it, so I stopped smoking it. But uh, from my experience of smoking it before, and the little that I had with the drink was, uh, you know, it was really excellent. It's not my favorite pairing that we've had, but I thought it went really well. You know, for the first time me having cognac. So, um, uh, what did you think of the cognac, Dan? I, I like the cognac. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. You know? Yeah. It certainly is different. It's a different kind of cognac. It is a too. different kind yeah, of cognac. It's, it it's, really uh, is. It's very unique. Very tasty. Um, I, I would concur with Paul. I think it's a complimentary pairing. I think the, the subtle spices and sweetness and 
kind of oaky tones in the um, cognac really go well with the cigar and help bring out the cedar notes of the cigar and the sweetness of the cigar and the spices together i think work very well together mm-hmm. um I, I it's been a very enjoyable pairing for me yep. so we've gone a little long on this segment but i think mm-hmm. it was worth it um, we'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll be smoking glp's jackknife plug don't go anywhere all right we are back and now we are smoking GLP's jackknife plug and from the uh, uh, La DC website um, it says that uh, Virginia GLP's is Virginia tobaccos layered on a core of golden few cured leaf the whole provides deep earthy flavors and a hint mm. of bright sweetness. The mm. tobaccos are pressed and matured in cakes before being cut into two ounce blocks. Jackknife is a stout blend with a dark fired leaf adding a subtle smokiness and a finish reminiscent of dark chocolate. Well, the Virginia tobaccos provide a sturdy backbone. Slice it thick and rub it out for a ribbon cut, slice it thin for a shag or chop it into cubes the choice is yours um either way you're going to need a very good knife to cut this plug (laughs) hence the word jackknife you could kill somebody with it you need a really good knife uh like all uh glp's tobaccos it's manufactured for mr p's by cornell and deal it's classified as a virginian burley blend it's virginian dark fired kentucky there's no flavoring on it um and it is a plug cut we're continuing our pairing with the uh, martel blue swift cognac and i would like to know first impressions of the tobacco and the pairing mm. Well, I got a lot of earthy, woody, uh, light sweetness from the tobacco. Um, and again, a little bit of smokiness too. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice light spice and a nice smooth spice in the retrohale. Now, I, this is my first sip of the uh, Martel. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's helping to pull out a lot more of the Virginia notes for me. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna pull out the sweetness. Yep. I think. Yep. Um, I get you know heavy notes of earth, some molasses, kind of sweetness, a raisiny spice. Uh, I think the um, Virginias provide you know nuts and hay and something on the citrus side pops up every now and again. Uh, with this, the the retrohale is very woody and spicy. Um, to me, it's the kind of smoke you want when you're sitting by the fire in a comfortable leather chair with a good supply of dark rum or bourbon or, dare I say, cognac. Martel cognac. Mm. I think the cognac is also helping to pull out some of those cocoa notes that you mentioned, too. Mm. I think that's uh, that's definitely prevalent here. I'm going to take my first sip of the cognac here. What about you, uh, Pat? What are you picking up? That's very it's, interesting. <laughs> it's, um... Is he smiling yet? Yes, he just did. Is he, he smiling did, yet? Yeah. I'm trying to. That's how you smile, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Paul, look at you. Look at a mirror guy. Right? Mr. Stoic. For the love of God, man, smile. So I'm getting a lot of... No. Like that raisiny sweetness. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys basically hit the nail on the head for what, you know, the palate's getting. But the finish, so before I had the drink, that coat, as you were reading the tin, that finish, I was getting like that, like a sweet cocoa finish from those Virginias. Mm -hmm. And then the drink, I think, is intensifying the Virginias, like Paul said, but it's more of like that fruity, raisiny note. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting a lot more of that raisiny sweetness through the finish and that cocoa kind of put back to the background and it's it's kind of like this very subtle like chocolate covered raisin on the finish chocolate covered hmm. yeah it's a new one write that down okay i will i'll it's learn like, it i'll learn it it's like that first cold day and you come home and you put on that nice warm blanket it just kind of cuddles you <laughs> i love it Snuggle up with you. Yeah. A snuggie, some, a snuggie. Some dark fruits. You want, do, you, um, do you smoke this some wood? Snuggie, Dave? Yes. yes. <laughs> I would say, snuggie. I do notice the smokiness, though. Mm-hmm. There's slight smokiness, and and I haven't tried the cognac yet with it, but I'm, in, I'm enjoying the uh, the smoke on its own merits for right now. Mm-hmm. The uh, I am getting that little bit of a chocolate on the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, the retrohale is really nice, smooth, pepper. Um. Yeah, it's really relaxing. Yeah. Dave likes. Oh, very good. I'm glad Dave likes. <laughs> um, what I wanted to talk about in this segment, um, and one of the reasons I did not push off the uh, cigar confessions to this segment was we had a, I think what will be a healthy discussion here. Mm. And that is about, you know, I, I know it's October, but given all the COVID crap that's going on uh, with shipping, receiving, and uh, supply and demand, and there's a lot more demand than there is supply mm-hmm. right now, I think we need to talk a little bit about planning for the holidays as as far as your cigar and pipe-related needs go. Well, I think it's just amazing how there's no Christmas trees up in Walmart yet. Usually, that would be done by now. You know what I mean? It's it's been getting earlier and earlier and earlier every year. And this year, it's just nothing. Not even music. It's just wonderful. I love it. We're all enjoying Halloween. Well, all you have to Wild do is go Halloween. to Home Depot, and they got all their Christmas trees. And that whole that whole section is is ready to go. Don't ruin my fun. <laughs> he just did. He just ruined it. Thanks, Paul. What did I ruin? So, Paul, I know you wanted to talk. A little bit. <laughs> you wanted to talk a little bit about the whole supply and demand issue yeah. that is related yeah. to the cigar industry and yeah. some point of facts that maybe people need to know. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this year has been a to say the least, a challenge, and doesn't it doesn't matter where you go, what retailer you go, what industry you go, everyone is short on some type of product. Uh, the supply chain is busted, as they tell you. Um, so, folks, it's probably not going to get any better between now and the holidays. Um, my and all, actually all of our advice would be this: if you come in and you know you're going to want a specific cigar or specific cigars for the holiday season, albeit 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and you see it on the shelf, buy it then. <laughs> Don't wait until the day after Thanksgiving or the day before Christmas or the day before New Year's to come in and expect to get your cigar and find out that it's no longer in stock. We've had issues with just about every line. Uh, some cigars have been out of stock for weeks. Some we get sporadically. Some gets we come in and it gets sold out that very day. So if you see a cigar or cigars that you want to have for the holidays and you're coming in now, get it now. There are many ways that you can keep those cigars fresh for you for the holidays. If you don't have a humidor, what you can do is you can ask any tobacconist here what would be the best way to humidify and keep your cigars fresh. You can use you know, big Ziploc bags with humidipacks to keep them fresh for a short period of time. You can use a travel door, which costs significantly less than a really good humidor. If you've got big uh, mason jars or you know, plastic jars that have got a good seal, that is certainly a way you can keep them humidified for a time being. An old cooler? A, an old cooler? Absolutely, Pat. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to what I'm talking about? It's like coolers. Coolers? Dave? <laughs> anything that I've... Tupperware. Uh, Tupperware? Yep. Pastor? Tupperware. No, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. Yeah. So, again, there's many ways that we can help you to keep your cigars fresh, but the point here is this. Do not wait until the last minute to find your cigars or to hope to find your cigars, and we can, you come in here and we're out of stock. Also, you should have a plan B... C and D. <laughs> if A is out of stock, have a plan B. If plan B is out of stock, plan C, plan D. Or ask one of us here what would yeah. be a good alternative to the cigars that you're used to smoking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another reason for this, too, and I think this is important to understand, is with all of the uh, COVID, you know, times going up, cigar sales have increased. Oh, dramatically yeah, well over 30 percent and, mm. and uh, that means that manufacturers are seeing huge growth and I, i've talked to several who've told me they've had 20 and 30 percent growth this year mm -hmm. and you know the reality is a lot of these manufacturers may hope and plan for maybe five percent or ten percent growth but to fulfill orders that are twenty percent over the previous year or thirty percent over the previous year creates a problem in and of itself take out the fact that wood for boxes is hard to come by that paper for bands is hard to come by that ink to print the bands is hard to come by that uh, shipping is delayed and all, all those other things but you put on the fact that people are wanting and asking for more of that product. That puts a burden on things, too. And so everybody is behind on things. And when you come in and you see that, you know, what normally would be there it, you know, is, is not there or there's a much smaller selection of what's there, it is, you know, it, it, it's not you know, suppliers being greedy. It's not, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of things from the negative 
having problems getting things from place to place to the positive of everybody wants your product and now more people want it than you can produce and and so both of those things are are happening and so for all of those reasons i think it's important to start planning now for yep. what you need for the holidays so let i also prepared like a visual aid for this too when we just uh uh, let's, let's switch over to this little screen. Um, so what that image is, is those are the container ships that are currently um, sitting in the ocean waiting off the coast of California uh, to go through customs. Now, pretty much our whole holiday is China. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's uh, that was their you know well before you know uh even christmas was even the thought of it so and that's just florida and then it's the same off the coast of like florida whatnot um and the uh the container those container ships hold um hundreds if not thousands of containers and and as of two years ago what was it? a container cost like uh to to reserve was like two grand now it's twenty thousand so for you to be able to uh, to grab a container to ship your goods, it costs eighteen thousand dollars more than it did a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. So uh, the uh, the even the time that it takes, there's hardly anybody working in customs. Mm-hmm. So then you have, you know, when they used to be able to do, I, I forget what was it like, how many how many per day were they were they doing? It was in the it was in like I don't know the twenties or thirties or something like this, and now it's like two a week. <laughs> so, so the amount of just to get something here, for you know you don't even have to like factor in wood or ink or anything, but all the wood to ink, that's in those ships, <laughs> and it's not going anywhere, you know. And I think a level of uh, uh, understanding and realizing that you know. There's a there's a way the world works, and it was brought to its knees with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how far ahead? I mean, we've we've talked about you know travel humidors, bags, or using boveda packs, or or mason jars even for for things if you don't have a humidor of your own. You know, but um, is it really too early right now to be to be thinking about that? No. Are we? Absolutely not. Are we being ridiculous here? No, we're not. There, there, there are legitimate ways to keep your cigars humidified if you do not have a traditional humidor, and are afraid to buy now. We can help you with that. There's like like I was talking about before. There's many ways that we can you know, work with you on that, or at least give you some suggestions of how to keep them humidified. But like I said, do not think that buying now is foolish. (laughs) (laughs) It might be a little foolish if you wait until Christmas Eve. (laughs) I mean, don't get us wrong that our, our, you know, there will, there will be cigars there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Christmas Eve. Just maybe not be the one you're looking for. Right. So that's, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about like, you know, twins is going to have a problem getting cigars. We're, we're going to, you're all, you're, the deer in the headlights look is not going away anytime soon. 
when you come into the epic walking humidor at Londonderry or even the uh, wonderful selection that we have here at the Hooksit location. Um, that's not really the issue. Um, but some cigars that, that everybody wants, that everybody's looking for, um, sometimes are really hard to get uh, or hard to get again. And therefore, when you see it, you like it and you say, hey, this would be a good gift or this is what I'd like to smoke on on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Start planning ahead now because, um, you know, supply and demand is such right now that it's really it really is a good thing to be thinking about the end of the year and all those celebrations and special family get togethers or special times you need between family get togethers to recover from those family get togethers to be thinking about that now. Especially since the, uh, because of all those supply and demand issues, the cost hasn't caught up yet. Right. So get it while it's cheap because <laughs> it's That's probably going to go up. I don't yep. see how it could not go up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from a $2,000 container to a 20, someone's got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Paul, having had some time to have the, the, uh, pairing here what's your thought on the pairing oh it's de- it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely bringing out a lot more of the virginia notes for me mm. and i'm still getting a little bit more of that cocoa note mm-hmm. i think it's a i think it's a very good complimentary pairing again <clears throat> and i think i think having this particular uh spirit the cognac um is just pairing very very well with this tobacco tonight let me ask let me ask you guys a question which pairing so far have you enjoyed more, the pairing with the cigar or the pairing with the pipe tobacco? Uh, well, for me, it's definitely been the pipe because I had such a horrible draw with my cigar. <laughs> but, yes, this pairing is pretty magical. Well, is this pairing magical because you're not having construction issues or is it magical because it's a better pairing? Well, I, w- I would have to say yes to both. You know, just because I wasn't really able to taste too much. But with this, you know, it's bringing out the Virginias, like Paul said. Um, you know, there's a lot of spice involved. Uh, the retro hails, uh, richer. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot more. Okay. Pat? I'd go with the pipe. I just think there's... It's more complimentary than the cigar. And I'm not getting... Well, when I take a larger sip out of the cognac... I'm still kind of getting that kind of bitter flavor I was talking about, but now the pipe actually combats that, and it kind of marries it into this more like sweet, fruity, woody finish. I I, I can agree with that. Paul, what about you? I'm going to say the cigar uh, and the cognac paired better, only because I love cedar. Mm-hmm. When I smoke a cigar, it's mm-hmm. it's it one totally of, it, brought out the cedar. It brought up the cedar notes, that sweet cedar flavor, and I, I don't know. I that's probably one of the most pleasant uh, aromas and flavors that I get, uh, and I love from a cigar mm-hmm. um, is the cedar note. And if that if if a pairing can help bring that out, mm-hmm. that's just a win win for me. So I'm going to say the cigar pairing was my 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 choice. Okay. Um. I'm I'm myself as I'm sitting here, you know, knowing that I'm going last. 
<laughs> having a hard time picking. I, I, I think they both did really well. Um, I think in the end, I would probably say I would probably pick the pipe tobacco because I think it's, it really is bringing out the, the, the sweetness and fruitiness in the Virginias, which is enhancing uh, a lot of the flavors that are in the cigar. I mean, in the pipe tobacco, excuse me, in the GOP's jackknife plug. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the uh, pairing with the uh, cigar. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, it did the same thing for me. It brought out the cedar notes in the cigar, which is one of the things that I love mm -hmm. about that blend. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoyed that. I, I think these have been two very good pairings. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, mm -hmm. very good. Thank you, Talia, for yes, yes. Thank you very much for providing this. Sorry, you couldn't Ow. be here tonight. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, what we got, brother? Well, what we got is what we got. I've got our some little computer snafus here, but I can fix that in a quick minute here. Um, Okay, uh, let's do a little Would You Rather to uh, end the night here. Mm. Would you rather spend two weeks in a psychiatric hospital mm -hmm. Mm. or two weeks in an airport? Wow. I Is there a difference? I was going to say, are they the same? <laughs> I can't differentiate between the two. Mm. Mm. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> my decision. Yeah. I would rather be in the airport because. Uh, sure, Dave. Yes, I would rather be in the airport for two weeks because a, you know, I'll I'll be able to have my phone and you know in my 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 bag, so I'll have my my stuff, so I can I can game, I can go online. I won't be able to do any of that in the psych ward, so that's just boring. You know, I don't want to be playing checkers with some mumbly dude who's singing row, row, row your boat all day. You know, I'm, I'm no, I'll take the airport any day. Yep. Pat? Uh, it depends on the conditions of the hospital. Like, am I isolated by myself or you're, am I you're, you're with in a, other people that are going to be? You're, you're with the crazies, bro. Yeah, I'll probably go to the airport. Yeah. It, it's like a mini mall, you know. Just find, you know, get, get a massage. Very expensive mini mall. There's a bar there. With cranky people. Sure, seeing as like hospital is not cheap either. Mm -hmm. Hospital bills are a lot of money. Yeah, that's true too. Hospital food stinks. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, if I'm going to spend the money, Airport food's well. not that much better, but, you know. The only thing, the only plus about the psych ward is the drugs are better. <laughs> and, and you can act crazy and no one would care, right? Pudding! <laughs> okay. Paul? That was a supernatural reference. I don't know. Some people might get it. But... All things being equal, I would have to agree. I would rather spend it at the airport, even though it was a tough call because I was thinking uh, just a moment ago, like, I could actually act completely crazy and nuts in the hospital and no one, like I told Dave, no one would care, you know. But that brought out a point that, You've got uh, bars and restaurants, and you could, you know, just mill around. And I, and I, I actually, even though I don't travel that often, I do love the idea of traveling. And when you sit in an airport, you can see the planes take off and land, and all that. And so there's something to watch and 
kind of observe and as you think that's not my plane it, right <laughs> <laughs> someday and that will be my plane <laughs> to my plane and you mm. do have the ability to drink and eat there too, and mm. and just hang out. So I would have at to your say, own will, as correct? Well, yes, know, right, Dave. So I, I would have to say, as as crazy as it sounds, the airport would be yep. my choice. No enforced bedtime. No enforced bedtime. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would pick the airport too, um, although I kind of agree that uh, uh, by the end of two weeks. In an airport, you, you will need to be a psychiatric hospital. As expensive as airports are to stay in, live in, and and uh, as cranky as the people can get there, uh, it's still not going to be as expensive as a uh, uh, psych hospital um, <laughs> for two weeks. Um, although there is some comfort in knowing that you know you're you're being guarded and that. People don't have weapons, and you know, like Dave said, you know, if, if you need drugs, uh, there they are. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, not the drinkable alcoholic kind, but you know. And their jackets are comfy. How really, would you know that, Dave? They don't feel, <laughs> they feel like they're hugging it. That depends. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about being like you know crazy. I'm just talking about being in a in a you know psych ward. Psych ward. I don't know if you'd notice much difference between real life. Oh, I've seen a few psych boards, man. I, I, I'm all set. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was visiting. I was not there. <laughs> uh-huh. It's too late, Dave. People already think. <laughs> it's okay. Methinks thou dost protest too much. <laughs> Uh, so, what's our final verdict here then on the uh, GLP's spark plug, Paul? Um, I, I really like this blend. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a excellent, a great. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a perfect combination, but I thought it was a really good combination of that nice, a uh, little bit of smokiness, mm -hmm. the, the the sweetness from the Virginias, the the Martell certainly brought out more of that, um, the earthy, uh, woody notes there are mm -hmm. very prevalent too. Um, I really like this. I thought it was uh, a really good tobacco. Pat? It's smoking really well, which for me, I, that's a big thing with the pipe. And it's really, it, it's like, what did you say was enhancing the, the smokiness in the blend? Kentucky. Was it the Kentucky? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it, it's really nice Virginia. It's kind of like a morning blend, I'd say. If I had to like wake up, this would be a really nice like wake up blend for me. It has a little bit of spice on it to kind of get you going. And with the drink, I got, like I said, it, it, it ha it's enhancing that sweetness from the Virginias for me. Mm -hmm. And it's also adding like this like, darker wood note on the finish. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Dave? Um, I don't know if it would be morning for me, but definitely like, like I said before, I can imagine myself like cuddled up under the blanket <laughs> smoking this, you know. And you know, having a blanket. having Come like here, a, having some hot cocoa or something, and just you know, <laughs> the uh, Dave the wants to be held tonight. I it, think the smokiness, <laughs> the sweetness from the Virginias, the retro hail, which is uh, you know, smooth, earthy, a little bit of um, I want to say like a mild salt or pepper or something like that. Pepper, pepper. And uh, it's it's very comforting to me, and I feel like that you know that's like after a nice dinner, 
Yeah, like a stinky dinner or something. Dave's like in that. a very snuggly mood tonight. Yes. I can tell you that. Now. You need to be held, my friend. I need to be. Yeah, mm. you need you need someone. I want, I you want need a someone to hold you. I need a blanket. A snuggie. <laughs> blanket. A little snuggie. Come here, Thomas. Let's snuggle. Yeah, snuggle. I know. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know we're going to get watch, you for Christmas. Watch TV and see it. Get you a snuggie. You get me a snuggie. Let's watch the Squid Games tonight. <laughs> no, I absolutely. Oh, oh, no, oh, no, hold on. No, no Squid Games. I, I, games I, I, you go, are you guys watching themselves. that? No, I am watching. Absolute trash. My, my girlfriend. Not... My girlfriend said oh. you've got to watch this. I've and watched I, it three times. You've watched the whole wow. thing three times. What's wrong with you? Really? Wow. I I've it. only gotten through the you second to to episode, and I'm telling you, it is a it is a <laughs> crazy series. Oh. But I was I was unprepared for the. Uh, I, I kind of felt like I was watching an old Godzilla film because they're all they're, yeah they're they're basically <laughs> speaking their Korean language and they're trying to and they they overdub the the English language you know <laughs> over it so it is it is kind of funny. I was laughing a little bit and then, but yeah, I I'm. Interested to see how the, the next I know few episodes. I, I, I go. just thought that was the pilot, and I'm like, I can't even take this seriously. That's I, why I really, when you, you know? watch it a third time, do it in Korean. And yet, yeah, and yet you'll watch the Seven Deadly Sins. No, I, I watched that once with my kids. Just not as something... freaking ridiculous and just as backwards. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> where the Seven Deadly Sins are the heroes, and the Ten Commandments are the evil bad people. Come on. <sighs> I think Bleach is better. Bleach is good. See, but that's the same, you know, Hunter x Hunter. I mean, come on. Well, see, all of those animes, they, the only downside is they draw out everything, and I can't stand that. You know, if they just cut out all the all the, all the useless, like, explanation, you know. Did you watch it, Dan? Look, he's preparing to use his super spiff power. <laughs> Did you oh, watch... my gosh, it has a number 12 on the list. I know, right? Yeah, it's just yeah, like... Re- get, re- get the card, play the game. Come yeah. on, just yeah. don't, don't talk about well, it on the show. So, I've been... I've been uh, I've been enjoying playing Metroid Dread. Metroid Met- Dread. Yes. So my my childhood favorite game was Metroid on the Nintendo Entertainment System, and they've recently just come out with the newest Metroid game, uh, fifth one in the series, and the last uh, three were all like first person, and but the original was side scrolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, but the new one is side scrolling. You know, they went away from the first person. They went back to the old uh, side-scrolling game, and uh, it is so nostalgic. It is my favorite thing ever. I love it. it is, I'm so happy they, because they were originally going to do a first person, but then they canned it and went back to the drawing board and created a whole new game. Everybody was kind of sad because it was about to come out, but they canned it and redid it. And I'm so happy that I waited for it and that they did because it is just what i wanted it's awesome i'm so happy for you Dan. Yeah. did you watch squid games dan i am in the middle of watching it i was gonna say it gives me like series. the hunger games vibes and that's a genre. oh yeah it's too it's slow like... it's too slow yeah it's too slow hunger games and running man you know all together <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. there you go um mm. i i think that tobacco is great i love jackknife plug um it really pairs with the cognac here um, it's it, pulling out the virginias in the woods um, but even by itself you know it's got this great dark smoky cocoa flavor to it and you know i've smoked just about the whole thing down mm-hmm. and it's just it's just fantastic um, 
uh, I I recommend it. I I think it's good. I yep. I thought the pairing was very good. Too. Especially if you want to snuggle. <laughs> snuggle with Grogu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now next week we're going to have our Halloween episode, mm -hmm. and we're going to be visited all dressed by, up by uh, Kendra. The potion master from the 724 lounge she was just watching and, and commented we are going to be smoking the uh, casa cuevas maduro mm. and uh also smoking uh cornell and deals bayou morning which mm. is a tobacco that we sell here in bulk at twins and i'm really looking forward to both of those those are very different tobaccos and um so it's going to be interesting to see how the pairings go with that but uh, thank you for being with us tonight yeah. and yeah, for yeah. watching. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke, people. Thank you. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top